Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Simone Bartosaggi is a professional filmmaker with awards in several international festivals, both as a screenwriter and as a director. Currently, he develops new projects through his production company, Siba Media LLC, and teaches film as an adjunct professor at Santa Monica City College. He's the author of a new book by Michael Weesey Publications, The Director's Six Senses, an innovative approach to developing your filmmaking skills. And Carol, I believe you and Simone are both published by Michael Weesey. Absolutely, Claire. Uh, Michael is an excellent person at finding and supporting creative people from the film industry who are also talented writers, and welcome to the show, Simone. Hello, everybody. Hi, Claire. Hi, Carol. Well, this book, The Director's Six Senses, is a completely new concept for most of us. So how did you get the idea for this brilliant book? Well, thank you very much for the brilliant. I uh, well, the, the idea was born uh, a few years ago in two installments, I would say. The first one was that when I started studying filmmaking, and for me, it, even if I'm a little bit old, it started only ten years ago. Um, I was finding always myself uh, asking questions that pretty much I couldn't find in books, and and teacher were reluctant in giving me an answer. And pretty much the the whole problem was how you move from being a civilian to become a director. It's kind of, you see the world in a different way, what you study, what what do you do? And most of the books, they are very technical. They tell you, you become a script, you break down, you pay attention to the beats, and, and you communicate with the actors in a certain way, use lenses. But none of them were helping me in figuring out what is really happening to a person that in some way decides to become a director and uh, why certain directors are, are better than others, what, what, uh, what are their talents and, and if we can define talent. Um, and then I started to have the opportunity actually to be in this industry and to meet several directors. And I started to realize that all of them, they have a, uh, a way to express themselves and a way to uh, notice things about the world that was surrounding them that was quite unique. Uh, and, and none of them could really articulate it, but I started to pay attention, I started to notice that we're usually using words like uh, 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 referring to senses, and uh, the two things started to come together in my mind. The fact that in reality, what a director or a storyteller in general, in general does is actually perceive the world that surrounds him, paying attention to details uh, and to how people behave and what they do and what they say, uh, with uh, with uh, um, using their senses in, in a very expanded way. Uh, and so they tap into the true nature of, of human beings, and that's what they are able to replicate in their books, their novels, or in our case, in, in their movies. And so I started thinking, well, you know what, maybe there are there is something about senses. And, um, you know, the easy one was 
uh, thinking about you know what you see and how you replicate it. But slowly, I started to realize that there is a, a vernacular, there is a, a way to talk in which we are often referring to senses, even in, in an abstract way. And that's when it struck me that actually we could uh, create a series of training and, and exercises to uh, make our senses more acute and to pay attention to certain kinds of things that, that are happening around us. And that's how the idea uh, came to me, pretty much, completed. Well, I think it's excellent. I really uh, loved it, and I want to cover some of the chapters in the director's six senses. So let's yep. start with sight and share some of these tips with us. Well, the, the, this is kind of the easy one to, to start with because, uh, of course, uh, when we go to see movies, we, we watch them. And just the way that I, I describe it, you know, we go and see things. Uh, so uh, one of the main elements for me was uh, how can we watch reality uh, in a different way, pay attention to what is happening around us in a different way. And I use uh, several examples uh, in the book from still photography because I think that it's still the best uh, place to start and give the, give the time to, to the reader and to our, the aspiring filmmaker to pay attention to many details. When we watch movies, after all, they are 24 frames per second, so they're very fast and lots of things are happening. But when you have a still photograph, uh, photography in front of you, uh, you can really pay attention to the details. And I use uh, photograph, uh, photographies that are actually from real-life events, so they're not staged, and I show how uh, different camera position, uh, different behavior of the people, uh, the different use of lenses uh, can actually drive our attention in different ways. And, and uh, when you look at these pictures, they are uh, clearly telling stories. In, in just in one frame, you can imagine kind of clearly what happened before, what is happening right now, and in some way imagine what is going to happen next. And in, in a blink of a second, you have this entire story in front of you just because of the power, uh, how powerful these, uh, these images are. Uh, and so one of the things that I invite all my students to do, and the readers, is to do two things. First of all, to um, pay attention to the pictures that they see in magazine and newspaper, especially the ones that are coming from photojournalists, uh, and see which ones are attracting their attention, which ones are uh, in, uh, soliciting in some way an emotional reaction, and uh, take the picture, save it in some way, on a computer or on a folder, whatever they prefer, and look at it and try to figure out how the brain worked, what are the elements that stood out from that picture that attracted so much their the attention. Sometimes are the color, sometimes are the composition, sometimes it's the chiaroscuro, the contrast of the image, sometimes it's the facial expression of, of the people that are portrayed. Whatever it is, start to collect as many as this picture, and I consider this actually a lifetime goal because I think that they are very inspiring whenever you, you, later on in your career you might uh, be in need to go back to this picture. But what is happening is that through this process, you start to realize uh, not only the stories eventually, but you start to realize what are the technical elements of the pictures that are attracting your attention. In some way, your sense of aesthetic the one that pleased you the most, which kind of lenses they, they've been using. Uh, if they use a lot of, uh, you know, as I said before, chiaroscuro, so the contrast of the images, or uh, you like wide shot or, or more intimate shot where there is lots of out of focus. Uh, these things slowly, after you start to 
collect 20 or 30 of these, you start to realize there are similarities. In some way, you start to tune in more with your sense, personal sense of aesthetic. Uh, and that could be something that you might use in your early project so that you, f you feel familiar, you feel home when you're shooting those scenes. That is excellent. It's a great way to teach us. <laughs> Thank so you. My, don't my worry. Students is, my, my going to be looking at pictures with say. much more information. Well, but uh, that, that's uh, where everything starts, I think. Uh, and that's why, where my students sometimes are reluctant because they're like, hey, that's it, we start with pictures, and then after the, the first couple of classes, they start to realize that they not only actually look at the pictures in a different way, they start to look at the world that is unfolding in front of their eyes in a different way because, of course, that is the next level. You know, start to pay attention to everything that is happening around you uh, with, with uh, more uh, uh, precision. So that, that's the final goal. That is brilliant. Uh, I've, I have a great respect for editors, I mean, for uh, cameramen, for editors, for everybody in the industry, but the most important one to me is the director and how do they know what to tell you to do, how to move, how to smile, how to react. But it works. When, when you have it right, it works. And I don't care how good the actor is. When you have, the, have it wrong, it just doesn't work. And we're all shocked, but we don't know what happened. We just know the film didn't work. So I think it really starts with Correct. the directors, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's why, you know, in these days, I'm hearing a lot, and, you know, in, during the Oscar season, of course, uh, you know, best actors and, and all these things. And uh, in some way, the media, they highlight and idolize the, the, the talent of these amazing actors and actresses. But um, in the end, all of them, they thank uh, their directors. Uh, and it's uh, because at, at the end, it's a journey that they make together. And when it works, it, it works because both of them have made, have made decisions that uh, were uh, strong and powerful and out of the ordinary. And so I think that in some way, uh, you know, it, it's always a, a collaboration in that case. It's never that an actor has been able to do something on his own without the director and vice versa. Every director that wins an award is thanks to actually the hundreds of people that collaborated with him, really, not not only thanks to his vision. Exactly. Well, t let's talk about uh, some of the tips you have in touch, because I, you know, the Danish Girl is a film that really focused on his touch, his feel of materials and other things like that, and. I think this is an important aspect. We are kinesthetic. A lot of us in the film industry are considered emotional and kinesthetic. And so uh, how do you teach us to understand the touch through a movie? Well, the, this part is kind of very interesting, and I'm glad that, that you mentioned it, that Danish girl, because it's, a, it's one of those movies where there are many things that actually that are happening uh, that are um, feeding our senses. Uh, in, a, in a very strong way. Um, so the starting point with the, the chapter on touch is the fact that we are talking about uh, things that you cannot experience physically um, while, while you're a spectator, while you're an audience. But uh, they're uh, very, very important for the actors and for the director to know how to portray all those things that are going to be used and touched and wear and, and that are surrounding pretty much the, 
the characters of the movie. Uh, and uh, we start with kind of a simple concept. Uh, when you work with the actors on a set, um, the actors need to figure out what is real and what is not real. I bring up this example when I, the first time I, I worked on a, on a set it was built, and the actors were, were wondering if the chair would actually be real, if the door was actually uh, something that they could open, or which props were real. And I realized how much we give for granted in terms of filmmakers and actually more as an audience that uh, we think that everything is on the screen is real. Well, sometimes they're not. They're just in a corner and they're fake things that nobody can touch or use or drink because actually they're not supposed to. And so for them to realize what is real and what is not real is very important. And uh, in that regard, um, the exploration that I'm uh, that I suggest the the readers and the future filmmakers to do is actually an exploration of the surrounding of our world um, and start to pay attention to the things that are happening uh, to uh, that, that, that we use in our day by day life. Uh, so if you are in an office, uh, look at how you in in basically you um, uh, uh, affected that office. Uh, how how you use your own things, uh, personal things, uh, to personalize it. Uh, how many times when you get into a room or you get into uh, an office of someone else or just a Starbucks, you notice different things uh, that are uh, coming by the personalities of the people that are there. And so in this world, in this world that in, in, in the movie business we would call the production design, uh, we create this world and all the time we need to try to figure out a way to portray the, uh, to use this world to represent who lives in those worlds. But there are three forces that are surrounding these elements. One is the, our desire to express ourselves. That of course, uh, we, we like to put things out there and in the way that we wear dresses, the, the way that we use props, in the way that we change our cars or, or our offices or our homes, uh, that, that project our personalities and our desire to feel comfortable. But on the other side, there is the world out there that imposes on us uh, rules and regulation. Uh, and uh, the third element are the, the two forces getting together. Sometimes it's uh, us that actually we self-censored ourselves because we actually we don't want others to know too much about us. So these three elements, if you start to pay attention, they become very interesting sources for conflict. So going back, for instance, for the, for the example uh, of the movie from the Danish girl, when there are all those details and those inserts about his reaction, uh, about the touch of the material, uh, it's, uh, it's a very sensual element that the, our eyes and our brain process. But because we know what does it mean to wear certain kind of things, and especially we see his reaction, we can pretty much uh, force our body to experience it or to imagine what that will mean. Uh, and that's because they paid a lot of attention to the details. They paid a lot of attention to his behavior. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, but how much he's trying to hide at the beginning his uh, um, uh, state of confusion. Uh, and that is kind of a very normal and human being reaction in a moment where he discovers that he, he exposed or is exposing something that is very intimate that he doesn't even understand to others and he fears their judgment. And this is exactly the, the three forces that we are talking about. Uh, the fact that we desire to express ourselves is distinctive. On the other side, we have a world, a society that is going against this 
sometimes goes against these instincts. And the third is the level of conflict that these two forces can create. And so in, the, in that chapter of touch, we start with simple consideration about, okay, how can I portray a room or, or uh, can I pay attention to things that uh, are coming from normal life to the point of, okay, how actually uh, I can inspire and highlight the conflict and the emotional conflict of the characters uh, through how they, they uh, contaminate, I say, how they contaminate their world. And that's how touch kind of works for me. The emotional conflict of the character. Well said. Yes, Correct. of course. Yes. That's where he was in, in dire emotional conflict. And we began to see that when uh, in his looks, and I really felt, began to feel how he felt. He was just totally out of place. Absolutely, exactly, exactly. But th- those are the details. I don't know if you noticed that how they play well, how also of the screeching of the floor and the woods and uh, everything becomes very sensorial in that in that scene in particular in general in the entire movie but in that scene in particular where his wife asks him to pose for her it's it's really a, a, an amazing uh, uh, ensemble of senses that that are really nerd, that are uh, felt by him of course but of, the, the the goal of the the director and the filmmaker was for us to feel the same and i think that they succeeded beautifully in that in that moment they did you're quite right um well now tell us where people can buy your book the director's sixth sense uh well in this moment uh, of course uh, uh on the internet site of uh, mwp microwizzy uh, productions it's uh, uh, it's there and also it's on amazon uh so you can find it on amazon.com and uh, I think right now, actually, really literally today, it's supposed to be available also at Barnes and Noble uh, around the country. Um, I don't know the details of the, of the shipping, but, but I know that we are there. <laughs> at the beginning of this month, uh, it's where they, they started to send it also to the bookstores. Great. Okay. And then also, um, you uh, you have social media where people can find you as well. You want to share that? Uh, yes, I think that one of the best places to start is actually my internet site, sibamedia.com. Uh, is it spelled S-I-B-A-M-E-D-I-A.com? And from there, there are all the connections to um, Facebook and Twitter and other uh, things that I do that I have a, a blog and an electronic newspaper. Uh, and also there are links to my um uh, to some some uh, activities that I do besides the teaching of the uh, Santa Monica College, I also teach other um, programs, and also there is extra material for for the book too. So there is actually a section where there are all the videos and references that, that you can find in the book, just to make sure that if the pictures are not enough, you can also see the uh, the videos that inspire those ideas and, and those chapters. Great, and you know uh, you have uh, quite a few chapters available for people to to uh, look into all of the different things that you you teach. And one of the things that that really strikes me, especially with your title, you talk about the director's six senses. How did you actually come up with that title, and how does that work with your teachings? Well, the the um, the title was born when I actually completed uh the list of of senses and it, it, at the beginning it was was quite a challenge because I started with 
sight and hearing uh, and the taste, of course, because it's our own taste, but also it's the taste of the movie at the very end. And then I was uh, um, the, the only one that was left out pretty much on this list quite pretty immediately was the smell. And I couldn't figure out how to use the smell. And then I realized actually there was there is something that we say that uh, it's quite common in many uh, uh, cultures. There are many countries that express uh, their um, uh, consideration in terms of uh, uh, acting, uh, and in particular acting in theater, as something that smells bad, actually that stinks. Uh, and this is actually works in, in Italian too, in French. Uh, and uh, so I thought, how interesting how that when we talk about someone that is lying or bad performances, we always make reference to the use of the smell. It, it's a sense that is um, uh, not easy to identify, uh, and it's very personal, but in some way, uh, when someone says, oh, that performance thinks, it, 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 everybody understands what they're talking about. Uh, in Italian, we used to say, it something smells like if it burns. Uh, and so I realized that this is a common concept that in some way is part of our uh, way of talking and our way of thinking. And I thought, okay, you know what? This man will be the chapter dedicated to performance action, so to work with actors. And when I got that uh, final thought, uh, then the easy, the easiest thing was to think about, okay, uh, what about having a sixth sense? And of course, the sixth sense is the vision, uh, how you can create your vision as a director. And uh, that there is my little secret over there. Right, yes. And there is a sixth sense that actually comes through when you're deciding on a shot or when you are uh, supporting an actor in reaching a deeper level of their character. There's so many examples of that. Would you give us a few of those examples? Yeah, well, for instance, the, the, the starting point for me to find your vision uh, start uh, in a, in one simple question, that is, uh, why you want to tell that story? Um, there are many reasons, and not always these reasons are simply, oh, because I care for the story or because uh, I care for a character. Um, there, there, is a, uh, there is something that needs to be said about motivation of, of storytellers. Uh, there is always something within us that makes us, you know, making that decision, why I want to spend months or even years on a project, uh, it's, a, it's a big commitment, it's a big investment of time, passion, and resources. And so I always try to tell my students, be careful, try to be honest, but really honest. Uh, so if you're making this decision to work on a story because you think it will advance your career, okay, well, that, that is your more real motivation, there is no shame into it, it's a, it's a marketing decision, perfect. But then all the decisions that you make after that must honor that motivation, must follow that motivation. So if you're thinking that your choice is because uh, you always wanted to do a movie on a certain genre, let's say sci-fi, uh, and uh, you have the opportunity to do that, and the true inspiration is that maybe the story is not that great, but you love the idea to you know, uh, tell a story about robots, well, try to honor that element in all your decisions. And because probably by the end, that will be the most unique thing that you can do about the story that is to tell it in a way that honors your true inspiration, your true reason. Uh, and so when the story is very personal, that is very something that is really connected to your soul, then it's when actually you start also more personal exploration of that element. 
uh, if it's something that is very connected to their personality and so forth. So it, it, it's important for me that we start with that, that answer. And it's not an answer that can be found lightly. Uh, the, the director, the filmmaker, needs to really investigate and realize why they want to do, tell that story. Yes. And, you know, I think for some directors and, and writers, it takes time to really um, immerse yourself into what the feeling is. You have a feeling, a knowing of what your motivation is, but it's not always fully articulated. Are there any things that you teach that help them to reach that articulation so that that motivation can stay um, consistent throughout the film? Well, yeah, that, that's the, actually the part that I, I explain when we talk about do or do not, pretty much, that we try to put everything together. We try to put uh, all the um, inspirations and, and uh, things that we have learned through the exercises, through the different senses. And uh, when we get to the point of trying to figure out your vision, I'm kind of relentless in forcing them and investigating that element. Uh, just recently I was working with a with a student that was uh, uh, telling a story, it was a kind of a very uh, intimate story, uh, and the problem was that he wouldn't admit it was related to his family. So it was, it was trying to stay away from it. And uh, what he was developing in terms of style was kind of interesting, but it was clearly a, an aesthetic. It was clearly something that uh, he thought uh, would have received um, uh, attention from from the f other filmmakers and the industry because it was very stylized and with a specific camera movement and so forth. And then I kind of kept asking the same question: You know, are you sure that this is what you want? This is actually the the message that you want to give. And uh, slowly, while we we were uh, prepping his material and there is a, a checklist and uh, a series of exercises that also I put in the book um, we started to realize that he was always making reference to something uh, and that something uh, uh, he didn't know how to shoot it every time we were encountering a scene a certain subject matter it was the place where uh, any camera works or any idea for camera movement wouldn't please him and at one point it was obvious that the problem wasn't much to finding a technical solution on how to shoot those moments. The problem was that he didn't want to deal with those moments because they were too personal. And when that moment of revelation unlocked for him, it was you know, very emotional, very, very um, intimate. And he asked to leave the class and, and came back uh, the following week. But he came back with a new energy, a, a new vision that was so strong that I mean, he is soldier too in, a, in an amazing way, uh, mm -hmm. and and I think that that is the, the the thing that sometimes we forget. As filmmaker, as a storyteller, we we can we we can be very connected, intimately connected to what we want to say. And the more we try to protect ourselves from our own stories, uh, the more we 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 try to be technical, we try to be professional. But the best stories and the best filmmakers, I think, are the ones that actually are able to connect deeply with the material because mm -hmm. there is a, a deep understanding of the message and we care for it. And once we found, we unlock those moments, uh, that's the moment where we achieve a, a, a new level of vision, I think. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And now your production company, 
Um, tell us a little more about your com uh, production company and also just a little more uh, to give us an idea of what type of films you accept that that maybe we haven't already talked about. Well, yeah, my, the, my production company is, uh, is it's an independent production, of course, and uh, was born uh, pretty much by the idea that um uh, there are the, the the collaboration between different different people is the true nature of of the film business and so finding the right stories but also finding the right people uh is is uh, is vital uh and and that's why we have our kind of our little motto that says do what you love share what you cherish and be what you dream because we truly believe that these are the core of, of uh, filmmaking is storytelling and the true collaboration. Um, right now, we are developing both for television and for uh, um, film. And in particular, for uh, for film, we are looking for material that is uh, um, intimate stories, uh, something that that uh, the audience can connect. Uh, just to give you some example, uh, recently, I, I you know with the Oscar, we watched all those movies and. Uh, definitely something that will be in our uh, in, for our side would be something like Room is definitely a story that we would have loved to produce uh, and uh, um, stories are really uh, 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 connected to uh, the human endeavor uh, those little stories where you can see how the inspiration and the dreams and and the strength of of uh, human beings can achieve incredible results. Uh, something very inspiring. Uh, it's always something for me very important, more than tragedies. Um, mm -hmm. I am recently I had a discussion with some uh, my, with my students actually, but also in uh, in a panel that is about the Oscars, and I was saying that I'm kind of glad that that I feel I think that the audience is finally uh, interested in in moving uh, forward and leave this kind of dark age of filmmaking a little behind. I'm yeah. kind of tired of the dark nights and, and the dark nights that looks like Superman and all those kind of stories that are actually uh, portraying how in some way our society is in trouble. I would like to see more stories that show how actually we can move forward and make our society better. And that's yeah. kind of one of the goals of my production company, to find these little stories that can inspire everybody. Uh, to move forward. Right. And there are so many examples of that in the world. We just don't get to see it as often because of the focus on the opposite end of that spectrum. So it's it's wonderful to hear that you have an interest in helping to inspire because also what we put our focus on we can grow. Is is that one of the reasons that you are interested in inspiring material or share a little more about that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, one of the things that, that recently uh, I think we, we kind of forget is, is the fact that uh, filmmaking is, is part of an art form. And and uh, our art form is actually very powerful. Uh, uh, Mussolini, the, you know, the Italian dictator, once said that movie making is the strongest weapon. And... Uh, in, in some way, I, I feel that, that we should honor that power and, and be aware of that power a little more. Uh, again, another thing that I discuss often with my students, and I try to inspire them to consider that, even probably 
is not easy to find the, the right answer, is to think about this uh, these, uh, issue. Um, uh, when uh, a few years ago uh, the third installment of The Dark Knight came out, uh, someone uh, took chances and, and uh, entered in a theater in Colorado and decided to, to kill some, some people. And uh, it was a, a horrific, horrific situation. And, but immediately the reaction of the filmmakers was, oh, it's not our responsibility. We are just making entertainment. You know, if someone is crazy enough to be inspired by these things, we are not responsible. And of course, the, my first thought was, of course, we are not responsible. We are, we are putting out there, and it, it's also our job sometimes, actually, to put out there uh, how bad things are so that people can think and realize it could be better. But then I thought, well, if that is true, I cannot forget that on the other side, I'm proud of being part of a, of a um, group of people that can inspire uh, in, in a good way. If I'm thinking of how much it was inspiring for me personally, watching a movie like a Dead Poet Society, and I'm thinking, oh, I want to believe that I have, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, the power to, to inspire people to change their life, to seize the day, the, the famous Carpe Diem. Mm -hmm. And so if I believe that I have that power in me and I'm seeking stories that can inspire others in this way, well, then I cannot say I'm not responsible uh, when actually I'm showing something that is clearly a celebration of violence and say, oh, I'm not responsible now because I'm actually um, uh, I'm just doing entertainment. Uh, I think that the answer cannot be that easy. I, I'm pretty sure it's not even right to give too much responsibility, but at the same time, I think that we should be aware of it and then make decisions accordingly instead of just shutting down and, and pretend that it's not our business. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do with my students and with people that want to collaborate with my company is to think, okay, can we find something to say? Can we really find those stories that can inspire uh, and celebrate life? Especially now, I think that we, we truly need it. And I think it's very important to be aware of it. Yes, yes. Well, uh, tell us again how we can find your book and uh, and how we can reach you. Well, uh, my book is on uh, Amazon.com. You can find it there, and you can find it at uh, Barnes & Noble uh, right now, uh, and also at the MWP.com internet site, that is the publishing company. Uh, and the best way to reach me is to uh, the contact section of my uh, internet site that is called sibamedia.com S-I-B-A-M-E-D-I-A.com uh, -E uh, and if you search for me on Facebook also you can easily find find my name over there uh, of course I'm present on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter Great, yes and so if they want to find you on Facebook or Twitter let's just go ahead and spell your name S-I-M-O-N-E Last name is B A R T E S A G H I. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Great. Perfect. Yes. Okay. You're doing wonderful yes. work, Simone, and thank, uh, thank very you so much, much appreciated. Yes, you, you're reaching into um, you're reaching into waters that really need to be um, explored in the type of work that you're doing, and of course, the inspiration that you want to nurture and help bloom more in the world is um, 
is making a, a lot of people very grateful for that work. So thank you very much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much, Claire and Carol. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Okay. Have a wonderful day. Thanks and be well, Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N.com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at FromTheHeartProductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 